This episode contains adult language and topics that may be disturbing for some listeners. Such topics include suicide, drug use, physical or sexual abuse of a child. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Grant. And I'm Erica. And this is From From Crime Crime to to Crime. Crime. Welcome back to From Crime to Crime. So as we told you guys before, we're still in between seasons, but we wanted to do something. So we decided to do a cases update episode on the last 40 cases that we've covered. There's not a lot, but we did find some on some of our major cases, including one of my favorite, the West Memphis Three. So I was going to say, we're not doing an update on all 40 cases. There's no way. Well, there's not an update on all 40. Yeah. Some of them are pretty stagnant. But there's like three pretty major ones. Yeah. So we're going to go over uh, West Memphis Three, Royal Grande Jane Doe, and a little bit of Summer Wells. And Summer Wells isn't as much of an update as in we've done more research and learned more about the case since we first started. And we think it's important that, hey, we didn't know this when it happened, so we're going to tell it, tell it to you now. Yeah. And also Kristen Smart. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Lots going on there, huh? Yep. So let's get started with the Arroyo Grande Jane Doe. This is a big deal. This was a real big deal. This was like your baby. For those of you who didn't know, we recorded the Arroyo Grande Jane Doe three or four times before we actually released our very first episode, which was Daniel LaPlante. Mm -hmm. So we needed some time to get the Arroyo Grande Jane Doe set because it's Erica's favorite case. Ever since she moved to Henderson, I'd say the first thing you did was Google (laughs) what was going on here, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so it was kind of her life's mission to figure it out. And lo and behold, we started a true crime podcast and- well, they figured it out. So, hey, way to go from crime to crime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we didn't figure it out, obviously. But Jane Arroyo Grande Doe was identified in December of 2021. They announced that her name was Tammy Corinne Terrell, and she was from Roswell, New Mexico. So not very far from where she was found, obviously, in the Henderson Desert. But Well, it's like 800 miles. But in the grand scheme of things, that's not too far. <laughs> you just think they're close because they're both desert. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in New Mexico, let's be real. No, it's it's kind of far. But yes, it's not all the way on the other side of the country. No. So, so it, makes, it makes sense that she was here, you know. Yeah. Tammy was one of four sisters who grew up in New Mexico. Before she was reported missing, she was actually living in Roswell, New Mexico in a like a group home for troubled teens. And we don't know a lot about the history of why or what she got into or what happened that she ended up there. But that's where she was living. And she was dropped off at the Roswell State Fair on September 28th, 1980. And when she didn't return home to the place that she was staying, they reported her missing. Did they report her missing, like, right away? Yes. Huh. You would think that, I mean, again, 800 miles isn't that far away. You'd think they'd put these pieces together more quickly. Yes, but according to her family, the police didn't care that much because she was 17. She was a troubled youth. They were like, eh, she ran away. They kind of didn't really... They didn't pull out all the stops looking for her. Yeah, that's unfortunate. To me, that is more reason to look for her. You know, she's 17. She still has so much life to live and to to gain. So, yeah, that's that's tough. Yep. So when she never returned home and she was reported missing, it was reported at the time that she was last seen at a Denny's near the fairgrounds with a white couple who were thought to be headed to California. And 
What's what's your favorite thing at Denny's? I don't eat at Denny's. <laughs> yeah, you do. I've been to Denny's with you. I haven't been to Denny's Actually, since we were like 22. You know what? I haven't been to Denny's with you. I did leave your dad's house, though, with Bruce Var to go to the Santa Ana <laughs> Denny's ones. That's why I, I, I put that together. That's why. That's what I know from. Yeah. yeah. You probably can't say Bruce's last name on a podcast. Oh, I thought you would cut that out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it's not Var anyway, so they'll never find him. <laughs> that's true. It's not. I forgot. It's funny. I, it might have been the time. Yeah. So... Anyways, well, I don't go to Denny's, so I don't know. Oh, I like to get the scrambles when I go. It's not often that I go. I don't even know if we have a Denny's. Yeah, I guess we do. I don't know. Oh, by the way, we're recording in Erica's closet. I don't know if we told you guys yeah. that. Which is why we're way off topic. Yeah. So, she was last seen at a Denny's traveling to California with a couple. And her body was found about a week later on October 5th in the desert outside of Las Vegas. So, like we said in the beginning, it's over 750 miles from here to Roswell. Now, the Henderson Police Department know who she is and where she's missing from, but they don't know who killed her or why. So this is still a very open, active case. But that officer that found her originally, I mean, this must be music to his ears because, what was it? It was, gosh, is that 40 years? 42 years? Yeah. I mean, he must be an older guy at this point, you know? Yeah. So... Yeah, he's not a spring chicken. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, coming, getting some, you know, light to the end of that tunnel, like that's, yeah, uh, that's got to be like just. Yeah, I saw an interview with him on the local news, and he was able to talk to her sisters on the phone and stuff, Mm -hmm. and he was like, "Oh, it was just great to hear that somebody did love her and did miss her, and you know, how cool." And like, you know, he was able to tell those sisters, like, "Hey, like you guys have been missing her, but." We've been taking care of her. Yeah, exactly. That is a really cool thing. How do you feel about all of this, though? I mean, like, this was the case that, you know, you held near and dear to your heart. Now it's solved. Like, (laughs) just as a personal note, how do you feel? Oh, I dig it. I love it. I can't can't wait till they're all solved. Yeah. So on on to the next, or? No, because now (laughs) we got to find out who killed her. So there's still a lot of digging to do and a lot of investigating to do by the professionals, but also by the armchair detectives, (laughs) you know, it still leaves a lot of questions. Like there's quite a few suspects already just based on that small bit of information that she was last seen with a couple traveling to California and she was taken from a fair. Like there's a few really good suspects. What was that couple that uh, took that girl in Utah? The smart girl. Yeah. That could be them. Well, no. Oh. No. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> this was 41 years ago. They weren't even a thing then. Oh, they weren't alive. Well, and they might have been. Well, they were alive, but they were young. Oh. And they probably weren't married yet. Oh, okay. But no, there was a couple in California named Gerald and Charlene Gallego, and they were a husband and wife serial killer. That says team. Gallego, you fucking white person. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? Yeah, and you know what's funny actually is because you recently shared with me that you're like kind of sort of like uh, fluent in German. Like, I even thought I was like, you know, Erica actually must have somewhat of a thing for language or picks up language easily because you know you kind of know German pretty well. You got English down more or less, and then growing up in Southern California, like we have a, an understanding of Spanish that I think most people and throughout the country don't. Oh yeah. And then you went ahead and read. Gallego, like Gallego, and I just like you lost all your street cred. I because they're both super white, so I didn't even look at that as like a Spanish last name. I thought it was Gallego. Well, you, 
you know there's like Spaniards. They could have been Spanish or of Spanish descent. It's Gallego. That's we should they're, look at they're from California. We should Google it before we take a hard stance on either one of these. Well, you take Gallego, and I'll take Gallego, and we'll see who comes out on top. What are you going to do? Google this? Google's going to come out Gallego, too. Yeah. Well, I was going to Google, like, like news clippings to hear, like, a reporter say it. Oh, a Southern California reporter's going to say Gallego. (laughs) Come on. You're not doing yourself any favors. Okay, so. (laughs) Start over. (laughs) I really think it's Gallego. (laughs) can't be. It's not. This is going to be great for the blooper reel. So what about that Gerald and Charlene Gallego? (laughs) What do you know about them? Because you clearly can't say it. Okay. So one of the interesting suspects that comes up when you start thinking about that is Gerald and Charlene Gallego. And they were a husband and wife serial killing team known as the Love Slave Killers. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's not great. Put them on our list. Holy hell. Yeah. And they're called that because they would kill young girls, but only after holding them as sex slaves first. So they operated mostly out of California in the 70s and into 1980. And they were actually arrested less than a month after Tammy's body was found in Vegas. Oh, my gosh. So these guys are really strong suspects in our in our world, at least. Yes. But they were in California, though. Yes. But... They did operate mostly in and around Sacramento, but they did travel, and they were convicted of a couple of murders in Nevada, and at least two of their victims were abducted or lured from a state fair in Nevada. Yeah. Okay, so the range isn't that far off. Yeah. The style is about the same. The victimology is about the same. Totally. The time frame works. Yeah. So, and I mean, it just, it seems to add up, but I mean, we've seen these kinds of things before where... It's all circumstantial. Like, Yeah, of course. Yeah, but... And Gerald was actually sentenced to death in California and in Nevada, and he died in a Nevada prison of cancer in 2002 before they executed him. Oh, man. So we're, they can't even ask him, like, hey, did you have anything to do with this? But Charlene is still alive, and she's been out of prison for more than 20 years because she only served, like, 15 years. Why? Because this. Is this because, like... He had more to do with it, and she was kind of the the one who lured them in, and then he kind of did the deeds. And Supposedly, that's the story, yeah. that she was also a victim of his in some sort yeah. of capacity, which I'm sure she was, but that still doesn't seem like enough time. Right. So, apparently, she changed her name and still lives in Sacramento, and she's like 75 years old now, so we could probably ask her. Yeah. Do you think we could get her address? Yeah. Well, or... I know that she changed her name to Mary Martinez. And you don't think it's pronounced Gallego. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably Gallego. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. What else could it be? Okay. (laughs) Well, it could be Gallego. (laughs) You know what? They've all been calling me Gallego for so long. I'm just going to go with a Hispanic last name. Martinez it is. Yeah. All right, so obviously they did it. There's there can't be any other suspects, right? Well, there's a bunch. <laughs> a bunch. Well, yeah. This, you know why? Because it was the lawless land. It was the lawless yeah. land. Yeah. At this time, it was totally lawless land. Yeah, That's I'm why sure. there's lots of criminals. And- yeah. So Peter Morin is another serial killer that has somewhere between four and forty-eight victims. 
reading these notes, I read that as his victims were between four and forty eight, and I was like, this this guy is oh, you mean like ages? Yeah, no, no, no. I was like, dude, like, what an awful man. No, between four and forty eight victims. All right, and he was living in Las Vegas in nineteen eighty, and is likely connected to at least eight murders in Nevada, even though he was only convicted of one in Nevada. And one in Colorado and two in Texas. But he got the death penalty for all four in all four states. <laughs> oh. And Texas executed him in 1985. So. Yeah, that's probably the least place you want to be if you're on death row. Yeah. Like, you're going down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, California is probably the place you want to be for that one. Yeah. So another pretty good suspect is Johnny Blake Peterson. And he was recently identified as a suspect through genetic genealogy in a 1979 murder of a teenager named Kim Bryant. And after that identification, he was linked to another murder in 83 of a 22-year-old named Diana Hansen. So one before Royal Grande and one after. And I could never find a cause of death on Diana Hansen, but Kim Bryant's cause of death was the same blunt force trauma to the head and all that stuff. Oh, man. Royal Grande. I really thought the first people were going to be like slammed down. Yeah, but but they all kind of fit, huh? So far, and I mean, I'm starting to kind of think, too, like, is there any chance that these people were working together at any point? You know, I know it's far-fetched they're, you know, doing this and most of these people are doing it in silent. But also when you have, for lack of a better term, a hobby, you know, you find like-minded people for some reason. Well, I don't think it was as easy back then to find, like, it didn't have the internet or... Do you know why? Chat rooms or... Because it was a lawless land. Yeah, maybe. But... So, but I guarantee you, like, there were still ways that these creeps found each other. There had to be. Yeah, probably. Well, and one of the big theories is sex trafficking, like a sex trafficking ring, yeah. which was a huge deal now and then. Yeah. And a big reason for this theory is that Muhammad Ali fought Holmes, um, Larry Holmes. Okay. Is that his name? I don't know. Okay. Muhammad Ali fought Holmes in a fight that was on October 2nd, 1980, just a couple days before her body was found. Uh-huh. So the sex trafficking theory is that she was brought to Vegas for that fight. Oh, Because man. anytime there's a huge sporting event like that, I know. you know, it brings a big... And although boxing now is kind of like, eh, whatever. Yeah. It's back then, that was... that. That specific boxing match was watched by over 2 billion people around the world. Oh, yeah. That was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, obviously that with the Super Bowl coming up, we should mention that there's lots of times. Yeah. It's the biggest sex trafficking ring of the, you know, of the year there. So, yeah. And um, isn't it in fucking Vegas this year? No, it's in no, LA. No, it's in, it's in LA this year. I think next year it's in Vegas, though. Yeah. Which yeah. is a big problem. It was a problem anyway. We've been to a Legion Stadium. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. nothing good about it. That's true. <laughs> it's terrible. So we'll have to wait and see if any of these pan out or if there's any DNA left from her case to be tested. And maybe it's some other random person we haven't met yet. Or But there's a lot of digging to do on her case still. Yeah. Because even though she's identified, her case is still unsolved. Right. Right. No, there's still some stones to be left unturned and, you know, hope to get that, that case finished and those yeah. answers met. And, you know, but I think starting with... Uh, that woman, that 75-year-old woman, is probably a solid place to start. Oh, yeah. Totally. All right. So the next update is going to be uh, Season 1, Episode 5, which was Kristen Smart. For anyone who you know doesn't remember, Kristen Smart was killed, allegedly, by Paul Flores in 1996, right? 
95, I think. 95? I think it was 96. It was 96. Okay. Remember, we've been on a big 96 kick for yeah. a while. Yeah. In 1996 <laughs> at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, um, and her body's never been found or anything, but it's widely been believed that this guy, Paul Flores, and his dad, Ruben Flores, have been involved in some way, and the whole family, honestly. And uh, when we released our episode, they had just been arrested for her murder, finally, after right. years and years and years and years. So... This update is less really about her case and more of an update on the shenanigans of the trial of Paul and Ruben. Yeah, and this is, is something we've been keeping a very close eye on because there's, you know, we the the official from crime to crime stance is allegedly Paul Flores is the guy that did it. Yeah, minus the allegedly. Oh, if we could, can we say that? Not legally, oh. but that's what I'm saying. That's so, why we said it the right. way we said it. Allegedly, that's what our theory yeah. is, and so and <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> yeah. And this is everyone's alleged theory, by the way. Yeah. So like, and police have really zeroed in on him, and you know, really taken some leaps and bounds to yeah make him kind of the lead suspect. Yeah. So the preliminary hearings for Paul and Ruben went on for two months. And finally, after all the evidence was presented and the motions from the defense to dismiss the case and all that stuff, the judge was like, no way, Jose, and set a trial date. (laughs) He's like, no, you're going to trial, bud. (laughs) Yeah. Good try. So um, they set a trial date for April 25th, 2022. Besides the trial date, we learned a few things in the preliminary hearings. Like we heard from more than two dozen witnesses, some of them we've never even heard from before. Why did these new witnesses come to light? Um, A couple of them were for different reasons, like the cops have known about them for years, but they haven't made their statements public. Or somebody came forward and gave them information, which led them to a new witness that never came forward in the beginning. Mm. Like the podcast that we talked about in our original episode, In Your Own Backyard. Yeah. That podcast got a lot of people talking about the case again and got people to admit things that they remember, that they heard, that they hadn't admitted before. And even the host of that podcast and the creator of that podcast, his notes have been subpoenaed and he's been subpoenaed to testify. Really? Yeah. Wow. He did such a good job at the police. They're like, hey, you know what? We uh, actually not the police. subpoenaed by, right. so not he, by the police. Right. So he did such a good job yeah. that the prosecution is like, hey, come here. No, it's the defense. And he's fighting it because he doesn't want to give him his notes and all the witnesses. Why would the defense and, want? Because they want to be able to debunk all of these witnesses before they get on the stand. Oh, I see. Yeah, oh, it's a mess. Okay, yeah. It's a mess. Wow. But obviously his podcast had a big impact because yeah. it got a lot of people talking. It's a great podcast. Too. It is a great podcast. Yeah. So another thing that we learned from the preliminary trials was in the beginning, and even when we did our episode, they had done a search under Ruben Flores of deck in his house. And obviously something was found because shortly after, Paul was arrested for murder and Ruben for accessory. I can't wait to find out. And so everybody was like, what the hell did they find? It was obviously not Kristen's body. Right. But at the preliminary hearings, we heard from two archaeologists that what they found under the deck were anomalies in the soil with ground-penetrating radar that was consistent with a burial site. But when they dug it up and they got the soil, one of the archaeologists even testified that there was stains in the soil that were consistent with decomposition. Oh, wow. But they didn't find any human remains. But it looked like remains had been buried there and then moved. Oh, my gosh. I mean, these guys have no idea what they're doing anyway, but when they were moving this body... 
they didn't even think we need to take the dirt with us. Who would? Yeah. You know, the dirt underneath her. And, yeah. Uh, and so many years later, too, I mean, having to move that. I mean, sure, it was wrapped up in plastic. Something. Yeah, but. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What a. So we also learned that investigators have tried to add rape charges from L.A. County to this trial, and it was denied because investigators believe that Paul Flores is a serial rapist in L.A. Really? Yeah. I, did, I hadn't he heard that. Yeah, after he moved to L.A. According to CalCoastNews.com, in 2020, when they raided Paul Flores' home, they found homemade rape videotapes Oh, that Flores made of himself, where he was having sex with and sodomizing different women. And the titles of the tapes included Drugged and Raped While Passed Out and Blonde High School Girl in a Skirt Gets Raped. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. When we covered this case, I was like, "Oh, this guy's not good." No good, yeah. And it just, oh my, it just yeah. keeps going. Yeah, but the judge denied being able to combine the charges from Southern California in with this trial, so he'll have to be charged for all that separately, which is fine. This is <laughs> the hardest part of of this kind of a podcast. Is like. <laughs> This side of people, this side of humanity is, you know. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. Yeah. So Paul's attorneys also tried to kind of like muddy up the waters and tried to like compel other witnesses and suspects to testify. And they even tried to like force Scott Peterson to testify because he went to Cal Poly at the same time. So they were going to try to put Scott Peterson forth as like an alternate suspect. Uh, Well, yeah, but he was like years older and it was kind of like a weird timing and stuff. Well, and I it's like, it was... obviously Scott Peterson yeah. didn't kill her. Right. I mean, Scott Peterson does have a whole lot of his own stuff going on right now too. I saw. Well, I know, yeah. which is why his attorneys were like, he is not testifying in anything. <laughs> yeah. like, we, he's not going under oath for oh, anything yeah. that could jeopardize his own case right. at all. And they're trying to get him out. Yeah. You know? So the ruling on that, I believe was that he is not going to be forced to testify. That's so, good. which means he won't. Because why would he get on the stand when he doesn't have to? I wouldn't. Yeah. Especially when you know those attorneys are going to try to make it look like you killed her. Like, she also went to college with this guy who's a convicted murderer. Like, it's like, yeah, but he had nothing to do with it. It's just, again, circumstantial. Yeah. So the judge said, negative, that's ludicrous. He can't be forced to testify, so that's not going to happen. But the trial date has been set for April 25th, but that won't happen either because Paul's attorneys have already said that they're going to file for a change of venue, which is real smart. Yeah. Well, it is, because everybody from that area knows this case and has just been waiting for him to be arrested for years. Like, there's no way he'll get a fair trial up there, which is like, oh, well, shouldn't have done it. (laughs) But I get it that that's part of our legal system. He has to. Yeah. Because then he could win on appeals later down the road if they didn't give him a fair trial. Well, he shouldn't have done it if he wanted a fair trial. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what I mean, though. Like, it's like I get why they want to change the venue, because if they don't, he will never get a fair trial. And then that'll be grounds for appeal. Later on down the road, it's going to be hard anywhere for him to get a fair trial. It's going to be really in California hard. because people are people know this case, people know this name totally. Like and even like once they get to find out who they are, if they are on the jury again, we're just a podcast away from well, all the details. Everything that I've read about this case too, they keep saying like, "Oh, up and slow" and all that stuff, and it's like, "Hey, 
we know all about this in Orange County. Like, they know about this in L.A. They know about this up in San Francisco. Like, this didn't stay in the middle of the state. Like, right. this was a huge story. Like, he is going to have a hard time getting a, a jury that doesn't know anything anywhere. Imagine if we get so. called. And, well, we actually host a true crime podcast, and he yeah. was a season. This case was a season one, episode, what was it, five of, of our first season. So, um, our official from Crime to Crime stance is that he's guilty. <laughs> is that he allegedly did it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't think they want I us. Know, to, no, they don't. Yeah, want we're us. not going to be asked. Have you been called for jury duty before? Uh, I've been called once. And I went and I sat there and they called me up. I was like, I don't know, 19, 20. And I, totally unqualified. All I remember is I had to go to lunch that day like because I didn't make it. And then like I was like dismissed immediately after lunch. I was like, well, thanks, guys. Yeah, I could have left before lunch. Yeah. So I'm yeah. sorry that you wasted your time and your lunch break. That's okay. But I'm interested to see like what happens with this. I am, I'm following this pretty closely. Yeah. Um, obviously not until now because I didn't know most of this, but uh, I will be because I am really interested in this case. And, you know, it's, we talked about this as being one of the cases that kind of jumpstarted our true crime. Oh yeah. You know, fanhood. And... Well, everybody's wanted to see justice in that case for a long time. It's hard yeah. when you like get invested in a, in a story or somebody's case. And I can't imagine like her family and her friends, like, when you think you know who did it for so long and you just can't prove it, like yeah. that's that's devastating. Well, the flip side of that is our West Memphis Three update. Oh, because those three guys. Okay, so West Memphis Three was season one, episode nineteen and twenty. Some major, significant case updates have happened as of December two thousand twenty-one. There's some evidence from this case that Damian Eccles, Jesse, Miss Kelly, and Jason Baldwin. Uh, that the attorneys were trying to get for a long time. Wait, before we go into this, should we give like a synopsis of the West Memphis Three, like for people who aren't like, because we kind of did that for Kristen Smart. And sure. Okay. Yeah. We kind of did that for Arroyo Grande. Why don't you give a more concise? Because I I'll go off the rails. It's, yeah. I'm all over the place with. So it. the West Memphis Three was the season finale of season one that we did the two parter of, and it was the case where the three like kind of misfit teenagers were convicted of killing three eight-year-old boys in West Memphis, Arkansas. Meth Memphis, Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, Grant's favorite joke. You came up with it. I just yeah, like to it say it. it's pretty funny. But, you know, obviously we're pretty convinced they were falsely convicted, along with a lot of other people. But there are a lot of people who think they're guilty, too. Either way, whether you think they were innocent or you think they were guilty, everything that happened in that trial was messed up. Yeah, absolutely. But... Like, they were not given a fair trial. They weren't given none of the advantages that you're supposed to be. That we, for some reason, are giving to Paul Flores. Yeah. But... You know, and that commu- t- entire community was just torn upside down with these killers on the loose. And so somebody had to go down. Yeah. And that's ultimately yeah. what happened was these kids fit the closest bill to that. That they wanted them to. Right. And, you know, there was a lot of just really weird police work done there and really weird experts. But And uh, they were and they eventually took an Alfred plea just to get out of jail because Damien Eccles was on death row and the other two were serving life sentences and the state offered them an Alfred plea, which is where they could maintain their innocence but also admit guilt. It was really weird, but they were... No, they didn't have to admit guilt. Yes, they did. No, they didn't. They were able to maintain their innocence. That's part of what pleading guilty... Normally, you have to admit guilt to plead guilty. 
and an Alfred plea, you don't. You just have to admit that you think the state could convict you if you go to jail, if you go to trial, but that you are actually innocent, but you think that the state has a strong enough case to convict you. So it's like a weird turnabout. And the reason that they gave him this plea was because of the DNA testing that they had already done that came back with no DNA from the three boys that were convicted. Yeah. And so the state didn't really want to take it to trial because they didn't think they could mess up a second trial and get these guys convicted. And these guys didn't really want to take it to trial and risk getting convicted again. So they just kind of agreed on a draw is pretty much what they did. And they let him out for time served. Right. But then the state doesn't have to admit that the case isn't closed. Oh, my gosh. Like, the, the state still gets to say, we the case is closed, they're guilty. It's like, if you really thought they were guilty, why'd you let them out of jail? Yeah, no kidding. I mean, they were just trying to save face as much as they could. Totally. Which is... And they still are, yeah. and they're making it worse every step of the way. It's really annoying. They really are making it worse. But, yeah. you know, I... I just I find this case so interesting because there was so much done to really cover up the evidence to yeah. say that these guys were innocent. Um, like we think most likely there were. And so what these significant updates were was in December of 2021, Damien Eccles, Jason Baldwin and Jesse Miss Kelly's attorneys were able to find evidence that they'd been trying to find and get retested for years this entire time. Yeah. And they were told that it was destroyed right. in, in, in a evidence in a fire. Well, they were in negotiations with the former prosecutor who was agreeing to give them the evidence to retest with new DNA technology like the MVAC and all that stuff, which is where you pretty much like put a wet solution on something and then you vacuum up all the wet and it pulls up all the DNA. Crazy. That's like a very simple way to put it. It's obviously way more complicated <laughs> than that. But that's pretty much what it is. It's like a wet vac for DNA. Wow. And it's the newest technology to get touch DNA off of stuff. So they were in cahoots with the old district attorney, and he was giving them like the, yes, you can retest it. We'll figure out how to do this. You get a lab going. You pay for it. The state can't pay for it. Blah, 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 blah. They got all this done down to like asking for a FedEx account number of where to send it and the lab and all that stuff. And then they just never sent it and nothing ever happened for months. They just kind of like stopped talking. And then a new DA took over. And when they started communications with the new DA, he was like, no, 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 we don't we don't know what happened to the evidence. We don't know where it is. It you know, evidence like this gets lost sometimes. And he never really specifically said this evidence was lost, but he, he implied that it was. Uh And so after he implied that it was, that turned into a big deal, obviously. And then the police chief started implying that it had been lost or burned up in a fire or all kinds of stuff. And then the Damien Eccles attorneys and a journalist and a bunch of other people were putting in FOIA requests that the state wasn't responding to, which is not legal. You have to respond to FOIA requests. Even if you deny it, you have to respond to them. Right. So they tried putting in FOIA requests and all this stuff. And then eventually what ended up happening was the new DA and the police chief and Eccles attorneys were finally able to, because of this FOIA request stuff, were able to go to the evidence room and boom, there's all the evidence. None of it was ever lost. None of it was ever misplaced. It's been meticulously cataloged. It's been exactly where it was supposed to be the whole time, but they were just not wanting them to test it. 
That's so crazy. Yeah. And then, like, the next day, the police chief resigned. And the city, the mayor and the city manager and all the, all these people, the city attorney, are all like, oh, it's unrelated. It's like, fucking fat chance. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you kidding me? It's unrelated? Yeah. Oh, it just happened to be. Like, no, that dude messed up. Yeah. Big time. And he's trying to get out before, you know, anything's too crazy. Yeah. And although he had only been the police chief for a very short time. So it's like, maybe it wasn't related. Maybe he walked in and was like, this is a mess. <laughs> like, I'm going to move on. I bet. But that makes it related, though. <laughs> you know, he's like, yeah. uh, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. What? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So now that all the evidence was found, obviously you would think like, OK, here's all the evidence. Great. And Eccles attorneys could just take it and go have it tested and then we could figure out what's going on here. Yeah. So they're doing that, right? Wrong. Why? Because now the new DA is saying, if you want to get this evidence tested, fight me in court for it. Uh, okay. Like, yeah, but why wouldn't, why the DA itself, if the DA thought, hey, these guys did it, they thought so badly that they wanted to put these guys away for 18 years of their lives. Yeah. You have the evidence. You have new ways to test it. Yeah. Fucking test it. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I want to know what that is because if those guys did it, which they didn't, but if they did. Yeah. Okay, let's send them back. But when it proves that they didn't, we got a whole new ball game. (laughs) That is the weird thing, because you would think if you thought they were guilty or if you thought they were innocent, you'd want it tested either way. Because if you you thought they were guilty for real and you were 100% sure they were guilty, you'd want it tested immediately so that you could be like, look, their DNA was all over it. It's... And even if they didn't, okay, hey guys, we really messed up, yeah. but now we know who did do it and we yeah. can do something about it. The problem with the DNA testing, though, that I see is if it come, if they ever get it tested, which I'm obviously West Memphis is going to fight them tooth and nail because they have so much to cover up at this point. Yeah. But if they ever get the evidence to test it and it comes back without the three convicted murderers, DNA on there. Some people are going to look at that as an exoneration. Like, obviously, if their DNA is not on the ligatures, then they didn't yeah. do it. You know, they didn't tie the knots. But the people who think they're guilty aren't going to see that as enough evidence to exonerate them. I don't understand because the DA is saying, hey, don't test this. The guys who have been convicted and obviously now overturned, but who had were convicted are saying, cool, test that. Yeah. Like, this is so backwards. Like, if this alone doesn't give you the hint that, hey, they didn't do it, you don't want to believe it. If they were guilty, they wouldn't want this stuff tested. They wouldn't fight so hard to get it tested. If they had even an inkling of what happened or anything to do, they would stay as far away from that as they could. But if it does come back with their DNA on it, that's going to (laughs) suck. How can it at this point? How can it? Because these guys are like, hey, yeah, test it. Like... There's yeah. no way. Unless I don't it's think planted, it's going to. But... I don't think it's going to either. But you just brought up a good point: is that even if it does, and they did have something to do with it, West Memphis Police Department messed this up so bad that nobody's going to believe it at this point because they're going to think it was planted. I mean, that's fair. They screwed up. Yeah, of course. But I mean, they're still gonna. If it's if their DNA's on it, like they're going back down. Like I know. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. The only thing I can see this helping them at all is if another suspect's DNA is on it. Yeah. Like one of the stepfathers of one of the boys or another, you know, serial killer or another violent offender of some kind. Like 
that's the only way I can see it like being helpful really to them. I think they gotta test it. I mean Well they gotta test it either way. Yeah. There's there's just there's nothing well, there's nothing to lose for us, but there's a a lot to lose for the people involved for sure. But totally. I mean the and, and the DA side, there's nothing to lose. Well that's what I don't understand. Even if it comes back without those guys' DNA on it, they're not in jail. They're yeah. not doing time for this anymore. Like you don't have to do anything. Yeah. It's not even an exoneration that doesn't necessarily exonerate them. Yeah. It should, but it probably wouldn't. This is all just this is Yeah. This case has been crazy and bonkers from, you know, yeah. from the get-go and it it just it continues to be that way. Yeah. So now after fighting for their freedom for years and now being out not in jail but still convicted murderers, they now still have to fight to clear their names. And the evidence is there to be able to do it, and they still have to fight him in court for it. And they were never given any money for the time served because they were... No, because they... The, the plea deal, right? Because of the plea deal. Gosh. These guys are just like... I mean, I know they, they probably get a lot of donations and stuff, and like that's how probably how they're able to live at this yeah, point. Yeah, but that but, sucks. Yeah, of course it does. No, that's not how they're... they're they all do stuff. Like, Damien makes movies and... Well, I just read an article with Damien from, I think, February 3rd of this year, so really close to today... And he just got his driver's license a few weeks ago. Like, yeah. it's this has affected him so much that, like, yeah. he has been absolutely traumatized from having to go to jail and go through all of this and yeah. put himself through all this. And, I mean, and Damien, though, he kind of was nonchalant about this whole thing at the beginning because he thought there was no way he was ever going to go down. He's the one at the forefront going, okay, like, let's take it to him. Yeah. You know, like, let's get this. If I have to pay for it, I will. And, I mean, you know, he... At this point, there's a lot of powerful or, you know, wealthy financial backing on, on their side yeah. that this could get. You know, they're willing to pay for it. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't. There's nothing for the state to lose. Yeah. It, you know, it's it makes there's no sense. There's people at the the it, lab that have the MVAC equipment and everything that are literally like, just send it to us, please. Just send it to us. Like, I, I really think that they just need to test the evidence. Like, there's no there's no way around this. Like. They're going to take this to court, and the harder they fight this, the bigger it's going to get. Yeah. that's Like, they already have a huge backing. But but that's what I don't understand, is even the people in West Memphis who still believe they're guilty, wouldn't you also want to get this evidence tested? Yeah. It's not costing the state any money. It's not costing anybody anything to do it. It's being, pri- it's off, you know, they're going to privately fund it. This is a pride thing at this point. People don't it want their is. pride to, and egos to get hurt. And they're willing to, you know, let these three deaths of these, and awful deaths of these three young boys, like, just be, you know, kind of done in vain at this point because they're not willing to look bad. Yeah. And at this point, the DAs and the people involved aren't the same people that were involved on this side. So, like, what is their deal here? Money, I think. I think it's all about... If they get exonerated, they can sue the state. Oh. Because they were in prison for 18 years for something they didn't do. That's probably true, yeah. Yeah. So God, I think man. it's all about money at That's this so point. Stupid. It is stupid because there's no justice for those kids. Yeah. There's no justice. Because the state because, wants to save, you know, some few million dollars. Well, and not just that. Even if those guys are guilty, there's no justice. Because yeah. they're out of jail. Because the state screwed this up so bad, they're out of jail. Yeah. So it's like... Whether they're guilty or innocent, there's no justice for those kids. Right. It's really messy. It's disgusting. It's sucky. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. And, you know, going to another sucky thing, and this isn't so much of an update as it is, we, 
as uh, true crime connoisseurs, we learned a little bit more about the Summer Wells case, and it was important that we share the more information that we found out. Yeah. We got a couple of emails and comments about how harsh we were on Summer Wells' parents during that episode, and a lot of people were like, are you going to feel bad if it turns out they have nothing to do with them? And No. No. My answer is no. No. Because we didn't say anything bad about them having to do with her disappearance. It was more, they're shitty parents. Yeah. Like, up and down. Like, they're not, they were not good parents. Not to the first two that they had separately from separate people. Yeah. Or or the the four four that they, they had six kids each. Each. Eight total. And all of them were taken away, rightfully so. But, like, except Summer, but they just, because they don't know where she is. Yeah. It's just, it's incredible. Like, you know, the more we look into these people and their back story and, where they come from and stuff like well and the longer this goes on they just keep putting their stupid foot in their stupid mouths like we talked they keep like offering suspects as like people they know like just throwing names out in the media and stuff it's like dude like that's not helpful no like you're 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 making it worse <sighs> so and one of the guys that they kind of like threw under the bus was one of the people that had worked with Don Wells he had gotten fired or something happened right before Summer went missing. And Don like implied that in an interview that I saw that he had something to do with it. And then I saw an interview with that guy and I'm like, that guy had nothing to do with anything. Of the two people, who are you going to believe more? Yeah, no. I'm like, that guy had nothing to do with that. Yeah. And he even said like how much of a nightmare Don was to work with. and He seems like it. Yeah. And he said that he was, there was even times where he was doing drugs at work and- yeah. Doing drugs with his kids at work and oh yeah, like he's smoking pot with his thirteen year old, right? Yeah, like crazy man. Like that's yeah. what are you doing? You know, just like who who lives their life like this? This is not people live like this. Yeah, like there's there's real out there, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. So doing drugs with your kids and getting all your other kids taken away, and you know, we even saw an interview. It was like a telephone interview with a YouTuber and. She was asking him, asking Don, what Summer's birthday was. Oh, yeah. And they don't know. Yeah. He had no idea. And then she's like, ask your wife. And so he asked Candace. And she's like, I don't know. And Don's like, I don't even know what my own birthday is. And the the YouTuber that was doing the interview, she's like, get your shit together, Don. Like, are you kidding me? You don't know your baby's birthday? That's question one that the police are going to ask. Okay, she's disappearing. You know, how old is she? Yeah. When's her birthday? Uh, hang on. L- Why don't you know that? And I mean, I think the the reason, the overall reason is probably because they're doing drugs. Yeah. You know, they're constantly doing drugs. Allegedly. <sighs> yeah. All right. <laughs> they're constantly allegedly doing drugs. Yeah. But like, they don't know what's going on around them because they don't know they're stoned or they're high all the time. He literally said he didn't know when his own birthday was. Well, I think that was just a farce to cover up. If I think, of course, he knows when his birthday yeah. is. Yeah. Well, and then even the YouTuber girl that was interviewing him, she's like, "That's a problem, dude." Yeah. And he's like, "Why?" And she's like, "Because you have to know your birthday, and you have to know your kids' birthdays. Like, if you don't know anybody else in the world's birthdays, you should know your child's birthday." Oh yeah, for sure. And the lady who carried her for nine months and birthed her should certainly know her birthday. Dude, she doesn't care. 
Like this is I know. this well, this was six of six. You know, she's just like, eh. another one that came out. Like, you know, she probably didn't even know she was pregnant. It was like, uh, oh, I can't. I'm, ah, I don't like them. I know. So anyway, the moral of the story is we've got a couple of comments that were like, "Do you, are you going to feel bad if they didn't have anything to do with it? And the answer is absolutely not. No, because if they didn't have anything to do with this one, they were terrible parents to the other four, six, however you want to break yeah, it down. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. You know, however you want to break it down. They were terrible before. So no. And they've been terrible since. Yeah. Even they've... even if you're like completely distressed and distraught and everything then just stop giving interviews because yeah. you keep saying dumb stuff. Don't go on Dr. Phil. It's a nationally yeah. syndicated television show. Like, yeah. the world is going to see how poorly you look. Yeah. So, that's pretty much the update on Summer Wells. It's just that it, there isn't one. There's still a reward. It keeps going up. They did have a vigil for her birthday last weekend. Oh, well. I, I Well, not her parents. Like the Yeah, town. they didn't even show up. Yeah, I heard they live streamed it or something. They like called in to yeah. That's worse. Isn't yeah. it? Isn't it worse to like phone it in? Like that's that's a thing. That's <laughs> phoning it in is an insult. So yeah. that's even worse. Yeah. Just don't show up. Don't make any kind of like participation trophy at all. Like yeah. just don't even bother. Yeah. That's which is sad because it feels like they just don't even bother most of the time. What do you think they're doing now? Like what do they have to do? Like get high but i think this is going to be solved when one of them gets sober yeah I've heard when that. one of them sobers up and they flip on the other one or they have some kind of like um what do they call that conscience of like crisis of conscience or whatever i don't know yeah when they have some kind of crisis of conscience clear and, conscience or something yeah they're going to like oh yeah now that i think about it we did accidentally murder our daughter, or she did die you know, in a strange way. I don't think it's going to be like, oh, I remember. I think it's going to be like, of I'm course, not yeah. numbing it anymore. To Yeah. To de- and it's going to be like, I have to deal with this. I think when they get sober, somebody's going to have to talk about something. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think until one of them gets sober, that's not going to happen. Because they're just going to keep numbing whatever feelings they do have. And I don't think this was a murder at all. I think it was an accident. I think that something happened accidentally, and they covered it up. Allegedly. Allegedly. In your opinion. Yeah, allegedly in my opinion, I think that something happened and they covered it up. But I don't think it was intentional. I don't think that they're child killers. Although, I mean, it could have happened, I suppose. Yeah. But I don't think they set out for that. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of the general consensus, is that it was either abuse gone too far. Yeah. Or some sort of neglect that led to... Yeah. To something, but. Hey guys, Erica here. I thought this was a good time to cut into the recording of our update episode to let you know that there has kind of been an update on this Summer Wells update. This episode was recorded like over a month ago. So since we had recorded it, there's been a little bit of a development in this case. So on February 7th, 2022, Don Wells went to court to resolve his DUI arrest from October. 
he pled guilty to DUI, which was his first DUI, so the sentence really shouldn't be that harsh. But since it violated his probation from a previous arrest for being in possession of a handgun while intoxicated, he ended up having to serve the rest of that sentence, which is 11 months and 29 days. So on February 7th, 2022, Don Wells was taken into custody for 11 months and 29 days, but he probably will only serve about six months of that. And there hasn't been anything that's come of it so far, but we'll keep you updated if anything happens. Now back to the regular episode. Either way, we'll keep an eye on the Summer Wells case, but so far there's nothing. Yeah. That's it. And we're coming up uh, with season three coming up soon, so yep. stay tuned because we're going to be posting about that. And Yeah. All right. So, all right. Well, we should get going because we've got cases to... We've got cases to solve. <laughs> we have cases to record tonight. And maybe we'll solve them in the process. Yep. And it's getting really hot in this closet. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's been hot for the last 20 minutes. but It's like 32 degrees outside, and it's at least 100 degrees more than that in this closet. Yeah. I'm Why? Just, um, well, because I'm very hot. Yeah, but it was hot when we walked in here. Well, There's that, no heater vent. I have that there. effect on rooms. Yeah, but <laughs> when we walked in, you weren't even in here yet. I looked at it. You just, like, radiated it? I gave it a smolder, like Dr. Bravestone from the new Jumanji. Okay. An hour. I didn't think we'd been in here an hour. Yep. All right. Well, hey, visit us on our Instagram at from to crime at from crime to crime, and see what we're doing on TikTok. We may have updated something by then. We keep talking about it, so hopefully we did. Yeah, we won't obviously, because you came out this weekend so we could film TikTok videos and record episodes, and we've done zero of that. We've we've spent some good quality time together. I feel like we've bonded more this weekend. Oh, do you think so? Yeah. Okay. That's because I kicked your ass at Farkle. Well. It's not. It's not clue. You know, it's no well, clue or anything. But let's go. It's time for bed. It's time for clue. <laughs> Take a clue and go to bed. So, all right, guys. Well, we will see you on season one, episode one. Except season three, episode one is more likely where we'll, where we'll see you. Because <laughs> there's well, a, unless they're new listeners, right? Unless you're new, then go listen to season one, episode one. Daniel Plant, the dude lived in people's walls. So if that doesn't get you to listen, well, yeah, which is we've re-listened to that episode lately. <laughs> we were so awkward back yeah. then. I'm we're like a slightly less awkward now. I think we're on the up and up. Yeah, yeah, we're we're moving and shaking, but people are you know sticking around. Thankfully, yeah. So thanks for being around. Yeah. All right. Oh, and thanks to our giveaway winners. I don't know if we talked about it in the beginning. So. Oh, yeah. And I didn't. We didn't. I don't okay. think. Yeah. So, you know, congratulations to our 10 mug giveaway winners. Um, you know, thank you to everybody who entered. But, yeah, we we gave those away. So um, if you haven't seen the entries yet, go on Instagram because maybe we sent you a message or tagged you in something. Maybe not, too. No, that's fine. We tagged them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, guys. Well, you guys have a good one, and we love you all. All right. I love you. Oh, I love you too. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.